Hello there, we are your host Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspective to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, Facilitation, Business Analysis, and Product Management roles. Enjoy! Hi everybody, today we have Sagar Sotel. Uh, Sagar Sotel is a co-founder of My Emotions Matter. Uh, Sagar works with teams and companies, um, individuals and companies to help them really learn emotional intelligence uh, in, in tech and in business environments. And he has a consultant for various startup organization. Um, he actually also teaches uh, emotional intelligence content for uh, the other coach. So we've had a pleasure of working together for almost a year now, Sagar. Um, I'm really excited for this conversation, Sagar. Um, the first thing I would uh, like to kind of set the stage with is uh, we've facilitated various sessions exploring the topic of emotional intelligence, uh, exploring different ways of communicating, ways of creating psychological safety, uh, ways of uh, increasing self-awareness uh, among the participants who come to the workshop. Um, so let's kind of start from, uh, from there. A lot of teams and companies, uh, they're actually looking to innovate. And, uh, you know, a lot of companies, they're also working. It's a global workforce, yeah. um, working in a remote environment. And uh, communication is very key. Innovation is very, uh, very key. Um, what are some, how do you think about uh, innovation, communication, psychological safety in relation to working together in a team? Um, yeah, thanks Vivek for firstly for having me. Really excited for this conversation. Um, yeah, the way I see it, having worked with individuals and teams, is um organizations obviously they want to innovate. Um, they mm -hmm. want to stay relevant. I think that's the, the fundamental thing because it's an ever-changing world. And mm -hmm. and towards that positive change. Now, how do you bring that positive change? Well, I think uh teamwork and collaboration is very important. I don't think it's it's just a matter of individuals performing in silos. And then yeah. you add everything up and then uh, that turning out to be a great creative process. I don't think it works that way. So, you know, it, it's as simple as you uh, backspacing on a Google Doc is going to affect the way I'm working here and it's eventually going to affect the outcome. So yeah. that's where communication comes in. And when we talk about communication, it's not just me being very precise and articulate with my words. It's also mm -hmm. about me feeling safe first and foremost to share what's really on my mind. And that's where the concept of psychological safety comes in. This idea mm -hmm. that if I share my questions, concerns, uh, half-baked ideas or mistakes with Vivek, it's mm -hmm. not going to be used against me in the future, that I'm not going to be humiliated or punished. A lot of times yeah. in teams that I work with, people are reluctant to speak up. And, and the idea that people... Uh, ask me to do is they say, please come and motivate my team. But I don't think it's a question of motivation. I think it's a question of team members uh, being, uh, you know, being part of a culture where speaking up is not really encouraged. And even yeah. if it's uh, said that speaking up is encouraged, the behaviors of leaders uh, they've seen is that no yeah. speaking up is punished. So they don't want to speak up. So that's where I think that sort of psychological safety comes up a lot. And Amy Edmondson uh, from Harvard has done a lot of research on this topic. So this is something that I really recommend the listener or the viewer to go through. Psychological safety is a very interesting concept in that sense. Now, yeah. when you have that sort of psychological safety and interpersonal trust, how, how do you have that though? First and foremost is 
you have to be good at listening. You have to have that sort of empathy towards mm-hmm. the other person, right? Because if you're just yes. thinking about yourself and trust me, a lot of people come to work only thinking about themselves and that sort of a self-focused mindset, I think gets in the way of proper teamwork. And, but yeah. again, how do you have that empathy? Well, I think it requires vulnerability to be empathetic because I have a lot of things to say to you, Vivek, but I also keep that in mind that just like me, you also have your own needs, objectives, and challenges when you show up at work. So me taking yeah. that step back to listen to you first is also me being vulnerable because I'm putting myself out there and I'm mm-hmm. giving myself to you in listening to your concerns. So that's where vulnerability comes in. But I believe only those people who are very self-aware can be vulnerable because they recognize certain emotions and concerns and and sort of fears in themselves that they create that space for others as well. So I might think, Mm -hmm. well, if I don't like Vivek acting in certain ways, then perhaps Mm -hmm. Vivek also doesn't like certain things that I do. So just this recognition that I impact those around me, that self-awareness. I mean, a question that I jokingly ask everyone is, you know, it's difficult to deal with others, but have you ever thought about how difficult it is to deal with you? Or a question framed a different way is, what is it like to be on the other side of your leadership? If you were leading yourself, Mm. if you were to clone uh, yourself and if you're leading yourself, then would you like your because I don't think perfect leadership exists because that's where leaders have to account for that sort of blind spot, right? And that's yeah. where self-awareness and self-reflection is so important. And, and that, for me, ultimately trickles down to emotional intelligence. It's about being able to recognize emotions, understand emotions in yourself, understand emotions in the other person, and see that uh, acknowledging these emotions that are at play, how do we get to a point where we create that win-win in our relationship so that we enjoy outcomes that are helpful for everybody? So I think that's that's the journey that I see from from wanting innovation to ultimately the base, the fundamental base being people being emotionally intelligent. And when these emotionally intelligent people come together, it's a lot easier to work together. So that's the way I see it. What what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you a lot. So we talk about innovation, communication, psychological safety, trust. um, And we talked about uh, listening and empathy. Um, yeah. vulnerability sharing with being vulnerable and sharing and yeah. you know ultimately we're, we're going to do a deep dive over around building self-awareness right so these are these are great uh topics for us to have the conversation um i'm trying to so i'm thinking let's just start at self-awareness um uh, yeah. because uh yeah so let's just start there um self-awareness and uh, emotional intelligence. What are some ways, um, I know we've, we've kind of planned on talking about non-violent communication as a one of the tools to uh, really look at communications and self-awareness differently. So let's give audience a, an overview of what, what a non-violent communication means. Right, so um, non-violent communication or short for NBC or some people don't like to call it NBC or nonviolent communication because the founder himself, Marshall Rosenberg, didn't like the title because he, he believes that the term NBC says what it is not rather than what it is. So another term for NBC is compassionate communication. So basically the idea that how do you show up with compassion for yourself and others so that ultimately yeah. everyone's needs are met? Uh, this idea that there are needs that we all have this sort of intrinsic motivators that we're trying to fulfill at any given moment. 
right? Yes. So maybe one example of that is right now, Vivek and I, we both want to show up in the best way possible so that we're both satisfied by the uh, at the end of this conversation and that we contribute to people who are listening to this, right? And that Absolutely. I create that space for Vivek, Vivek creates that space for us. So that sort of collaboration, I, I see a need for collaboration here. I also yes. see, a need, see a need for ease and space and for maybe external factors like internet to go well for us to have this, right? So yes. um, before we go into uh, directly what NBC is, I think it's easier to maybe start with the idea that there are certain habits that limit self-awareness. Now, when I say self-awareness, I just want to mean that in the most simplest way possible is how do I acknowledge that my thoughts, my feelings, and actions impact me and those around me? So am I able to see how I'm impacting myself and those around me? The ones who are self-aware are aware of this. The opposite would be self-deception where I perhaps create problems for myself that I don't see. And I blame maybe you or I blame external factors, right? Mm. That that would be yeah. something. So, yeah. uh, so in the uh, NVC framework or compassionate communication framework, uh, Marshall Rosenberg very playfully uh, introduces one character. And I'm just going to show this character here. It's, it's a jackal. Right. So Jackal, yes. for very playful reasons, uh, is brought up as the less than emotionally intelligent character. And, and in our agile uh, coach uh, sessions, Vivek, when I bring this up, participants are yeah. amused. Because it's, it's the last thing they would expect me to do. Yes. <laughs> bringing some stuffed animals in the sessions. Right. I can just see that they're so amused. But yeah. so a Jackal. So a couple of um, characteristics of a Jackal would be one, uh, a jackal, jackal is very quick to make assumptions. Yeah. So assumptions typically in the form of maybe um, creating stories in its head, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, Vivek, uh, if let's say, for example, if we were supposed to meet up and, and you don't respond uh, during the, the time that I would like you to respond, then a jackal would probably create stories around how, um, you know, Vivek uh, probably is not replying on purpose and, and makes yeah. a lot of guesses around your intentions, right? Um, and it's not curious. I think it's very judgmental in that sense. Uh, another mm -hmm. habit is to take things personally. Um, so, so when Vivek, uh, when I make assumptions that, oh, Vivek is not prioritizing this as much as he said he would mm -hmm. without checking in with you, of course, and then yeah. I take the person and I say, oh, wow, Vivek does not respect me. Now that's, that's a natural consequence of having made that assumption, right? To take things personally. And yes. now if, if I really tune in, I, I, if I'm self-aware, I realize that, oh, right now I'm needing some sort of clarity and assurance that this, in fact, matters to Vivek as much as it does to me. Yes. And that uh, it will start on time. Or maybe there's another time slot that we would write. But the problem with the jackal is it does not communicate its needs. Mm -hmm. So it lives with this idea that others should automatically read my mind and, or others should contribute to my needs without me having made the effort to um, ask for what I want. So yes. making assumptions, taking things personally and not communicating needs. And these usually come on a loop. So what I might do next is I might say, well, if this person really cared about uh, this so much, they would reach out. So I probably stonewall or I, I withdraw from the conversation altogether. And now you're bewildered. You're not, you're like, I don't know what's going on. And maybe you had certain problems there, but because I wasn't curious, now you also become defensive. And so you yeah. also maybe become a jackal. And so a jackal, jackal start howling. Well, one jackal howls, the other howls, and it's just a lot of mess altogether. So I just want to yes. take a pause here, Vivek, and just want to throw the question back at you. Uh, making assumptions, uh, taking things personally, and not communicating your needs. Is this something that uh, at any point in your life you've struggled with? Um, and then did that impact you in any ways? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, 
you know, making assumption is something, you know, I mean, I'm not over it. I mean, this still happens, right? Uh, so yeah, hundred percent. I think we all are uh, familiar with, you know, what it's like to make an assumption, what it's like to kind of, you know, make up things in our head and not communicate what we're feeling. Um, so hundred percent relatable, Tiger. Yeah. And maybe this is something, one more thing with the, about the jackal is, so let's say, um, we, we record this podcast and, and then let's say you message me saying, um, Sagar, I don't think the podcast came out the way I would have liked it to come out as mm-hmm. an example. Yeah. Now with a jackal, what happens is a jackal has a jackal ears, right? So just like we have yeah. human ears, jackal has jackal ears. And the, yeah. now the, the problem with this jackal ear is it's going to t- make a lot of assumptions, take things personally and just not hear needs. So when you, yeah. when you see that, maybe if I'm the kind of person who self-criticizes or self-blames, then without first checking in with you, I might start blaming myself. Oh, I'm no good. I, I thought I was great, but I'm no good. I mean, Vivek's mm-hmm. wanting to uh, redo the podcast or, you know, I just make a lot of assumptions. Or maybe yeah. if I have jackal ears turned outward, I might start blaming you and say, oh, who does this guy think he is that I gave my, yeah. I gave this guy my time and I'm, I'm yes. doing this at 5.30 a.m. Nepali time and this guy doesn't appreciate me, right? So, yes. so basically a lot of uh, hearing criticism and demand and making a lot of criticisms and demands. So that's the jackal world where mm. it does not operate out of choicefulness and then with that self-awareness, but a lot of uh, these sort of uh, assumptions, taking things personally and um, not communicating what uh, it requires. So that's a lack of self-awareness. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what do we do about that? Well, we have another animal, which is an antidote to a lack of emotional intelligence. And this is one of my favorite animals in the world. And it's it's the giraffe. So Mar- yes. Marshall Rosenberg um, specifically um, chose a giraffe uh, because of four reasons and four very interesting reasons. Um, one, um, giraffes uh, doesn't look like that way with this particularly stuffed animal. But if you think of a giraffe, it, it has a long neck. So long yes. neck meaning it can see wide out into the distance. And a lot of times we lack emotional intelligence because we don't see the consequences of our actions. We don't see the long-term ramifications of our actions, right? So giraffe, yeah. because it has the capacity to see far out into the distance, it has a perspective or a point of view that a jackal does not because a jackal lays quite close to the ground, whereas a giraffe stands tall and um, sees long term. That's number one. Number two is, yes. uh, did you know, and I don't know if the uh, viewers uh, know this, but uh, a jackal, uh, sorry, the giraffes have the largest heart of any land animal. So large heart meaning capacity for compassion, uh, not yes. just for others, but also for oneself. So maybe the yes. capacity to draw boundaries yes. and also respect the boundaries of others, right? That's the way I like to put it. Um, third, um, giraffes, I don't know about you, Vivek, but I, I think of giraffes as very gentle animals, but yes. um, you know, did you know that giraffes have a very powerful kick? Uh, in fact, uh, they can seriously injure a lion if they were to you exert their full force. So this means yes. that just because you're emotionally intelligent, there's also times when you need to show some hard behaviors because you want to hold people accountable or you want to push them to do better, right? So yes. in that sense, uh, that's the third one. And the final one is uh, giraffes, um, you know, s- s- secrete this sort of special saliva that uh, melts thorns of plants it enjoys munching on. So this, yes. this capacity to perhaps munch away at criticisms and judgments as a fuel, or maybe as, as data about if someone's judging a giraffe, a giraffe would actually hear the unmet needs behind the judgment rather than, yes. uh, you yes. know, it personally. So uh, these are four reasons why a giraffe um, is, is seen as a symbol for 
a nonviolent uh, communication or compassionate way of operating and communicating. So there you have it. You have a you have a jackal, um, which is uh, the opposite of self awareness, and a giraffe, which actually um, uh, embodies self awareness. So these are two models used in the compassionate communication framework. Um, um, so yeah, I think that's that's a starting point. I think just to help understand um, self awareness yeah. and intelligence. No, I, I think thank thanks for articulating that and making it visual too. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure we can come up with with some scenarios and kind of look at it from a point of view of giraffe and jackal. Yeah. Um, let's let's kind of explore. Um, let's kind of start with uh, the language of choice, or uh, you know, we can. You also shared something about jackal makes demands giraffes make uh, requests right so um let's kind of start there what what does it mean to um communicate choice and uh kind of help help us understand uh demands versus request um yeah uh because a jackal um uh, is is so much fixated on um uh, them themselves um it you know it, it makes a lot of demands and also has uh, maybe has this conditioning of hearing a demand. So um, there's no sort of consciousness that I can say no. So for example, Vivek, one example could be you asked me to hang out, right? Um, As a jackal, I hear a demand. Um, I don't see that as a request. I don't see that as you longing to connect with me. Um, Mm -hmm. My my attention is not that. It's more about what will Vivek say if I say no? And and it feels very scary for, for the jackal. In fact, a jackal yeah. is because it's so much focused on uh, blame, blaming yourself and blaming others. So mm-hmm. we see that people who tend to blame themselves a lot, they experience a lot of guilt, shame, and and fear, and then probably also have very uh, feelings of uh, feeling very depressed over over a time because uh, they they don't see those sort of choices. Whereas if I'm to blame you, blame uh, outside, I might feel a lot of anger and resentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what's different for the giraffe is because a giraffe's able to see long-term, this idea that if I don't give you a choice, um, you just have two options. One is you can just submit. Yeah. So when you submit, you let go of your own needs in trying to appease me, right? Mm. Now, this might get me what I want in the short term, mm. but in the long run, it's going to you know fester a lot of resentment in you. So I'm actually making it difficult for myself to get your cooperation if I'm not giving you a choice. Yes. You, know, you know, in relationships where um, you, you're not really giving the other person a uh, choice to make their uh, own choices uh, or giving them that space. And over time, the other person becomes so resentful. And then they start saying, oh, I would have walked out a long time ago if it wasn't for you making me stay. And that's the last thing you want to hear is you don't want people to stay because they were they felt obligated. Right. So Jackal yes. you know, operates from this sort of an obligation uh, sort of mindset. Yeah. Uh, whereas giraffe uh, understands that if I don't give you a choice, either you will submit or you rebel. And in either ways, it's actually limiting my own capacity to get my needs met, right? So giraffe, that's why it's smarter with feelings. It recognizes that uh, there are many ways to meet the same need. And the best way to meet a certain need is where both people's needs are likely to be met because that's how it's going to build that trust and safety in that relationship. So, uh, and and also things that when you said about the language of choice, um, you know, a a jackal would say, uh, I had to come for this podcast because Vivek asked me to do it. Yes. If you see it, it, there's a lot of obligation that's underneath the statement. Yeah. Right. 
and if I if I come with that mindset, the slightest inconvenience that happens in this podcast in the process of recording this podcast, mm-hmm. I'm going to get frustrated, annoyed very quickly. Whereas yes. a giraffe says, "Okay, so yeah, uh, Vivek wants to do a podcast with me. I, I wonder if I want to do it too." And then I ask myself, and with that comes self-awareness. Yes, of course I want to do it because it's something very important for me. It has helped me a lot and I have a deep need to contribute and to share. And, and when this comes out, even if that's one person who gains value from this, I, I will have contributed. So it comes from that sort of a choicefulness about my own needs and seeing how me, the act of coming here was not a favor to you, but mm-hmm. it was an attempt to meet my own needs. But it's beautiful yes. here because you're also trying to meet your certain needs of yours. So because both of our needs are aligned in the same a- action, there's a much better chance at collaboration. So that's what the giraffe yes. understands that the jackal does not. So I hope yes. that kind of answers your question about- Yeah, no, 100% it does. Yeah, it does, it does. Um, so let's let's go, let's go into um, like learning a specific framework. Um, let's just kind of look at OFNR yeah. Uh, I know you covered that really nicely. So let's yeah. this give give audience a, a situation and how we might use OFNR and what the framework is. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, I think it would be helpful to just uh, connect it with the three habits we talked about earlier. So um, jackal and giraffe, right? So the three habits we talked about earlier was number one, uh, making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would be an antidote to making assumptions? So in the earlier example, when um, you didn't show up on this is just an example, of course, you did show up on time. Yes. So yes. the earlier example where we made a hypothetical scenario where um, we were supposed to meet, but you didn't message me uh, earlier, right? So yeah. an assumption, an immediate assumption here is that Vivek does not value this meeting. Now, that's a story I'm creating, right? But a giraffe, yes. Oh, yes. sorry, a jackal does not recognize that. A jackal just makes up a story and believes that to be true. Now, a couple mm-hmm. of quotes that go around this uh, is uh, Seneca, the Stoic philosopher, once said, we suffer more in imagination than in reality. Yes. So it's very important to ground ourselves in reality. So what a giraffe mm-hmm. would do is it would just ask, okay, what's really going on? What really happened? And what yeah. really happened yeah. is we agreed to meet at six o'clock uh, over a Zoom meeting and Vivek isn't here yet. That's the only yes. thing we know. That's the only yes. thing, you know, everything else is a story. Everything yes. else is a story that I've conveniently framed to be in control of the scenario or to make myself uh, feel like I know what's really going on. And that's the uh, fundamental difference, right? So that yes. is where, when you said OFNR, that's the power of observation. And observation is concrete actions that we can uh, really cite that's evidence-based, that's reality-based, that's affecting us. Right. So, for example, if you send me a thank you note at the end of the podcast, then me reading your um, thank you note, that's an observation. So that's Mm -hmm. that's not something that I'm imagining to be. It's something you've sent. It's it's true for both of us. So the first Mm -hmm. step always is to make a clear observation. Now, how many times has this happened Vivek, where uh, you thought or did or said certain things, but the other person thought or said or or thought that you said or did certain things and there was no overlap between what you thought or said or did and what the other person thought you said uh, or did, right? So it's usually a context is missing. So uh, even when you're trying to resolve certain differences, a clear observation can help you start on the same note. So if I start a conversation saying, Vivek, you don't really care about the meeting, do you? That's going (laughs) to throw you into an offensive, right? You will become defensive and will attack back. But if I yes. say, Vivek, we'd agreed to meet at six, 
but I didn't see you there until 6.30. Now that's not something you'll refute because that's something that actually happened. So we want to start with a clear observation. So that's the observation part. Um, and, and trust me, this is harder than it sounds. It sounds yeah. very simple. In the sessions, when I do this with participants, they find it so hard to make an observation. And then they realize, oh, the mind makes so much of evaluation. Shiddu Krishnamurti, the famous Indian philosopher, he said, to observe without evaluating is the highest form of human intelligence. Because the brain is wired to make quick evaluations, good, bad, uh, right, wrong, right? So it's, it's difficult yes. to ground it. Mm -hmm. um, coming back to the second habit, taking things personally. So what the, what the giraffe would do as an antidote to that is to connect with feelings and needs. So rather than yeah. take things personally when you don't show up on time, um, what the giraffe will say is, okay, so when Vivek did not show up at six o'clock as promised, I felt a bit worried and I felt a bit concerned. I was also a bit frustrated. Now, why do I feel that way? Now, for a lot mm -hmm. of us, our tendency is to say, I feel a certain way because the other person did something. Yes. But it's, it's usually a sort of lack of accountability there because we cannot feel a certain way just because somebody acted a certain way. I jokingly mm -hmm. say this. If, if, if I was to be responsible for my participants' feelings in the sessions, yeah. then everyone would come out very interested in the concepts that I teach because yes. I would make everyone interested, right? Yes. But I can only try making the sessions interesting. Whether they're interested or not comes down to how much they wanted to learn the concept or how much relevance they saw in the concepts, right? Yeah. So there's this recognition in the NBC framework that our feelings come from our needs. So mm -hmm. maybe I just want to ask you, why might I feel annoyed or frustrated with you uh, if in that hypothetical situation you didn't show up at six o'clock? What might be some possible reasons for me to feel annoyed or frustrated or even concerned or worried for that matter? Yeah, I mean, for there, I mean, there definitely, um, there might be some judgment, um, like you might be some, thinking about something uh, about me or yourself. Mm -hmm. um, there could be, there could be various reasons. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Would you, would you agree with me if I say that? Um, yeah, of course, there's judgments. That, oh, Vivek doesn't care about this is a judgment. Right. Yeah. So that's basically blame that's shifted outward. Or yeah. it could be, oh, maybe I'm not worthy to be talked to. That's yeah. that's a judgment I have about myself. But yes. recognizing my own judgment is the first step. Now, yes. underneath these judgments, uh, would you agree with me if I say underneath these judgments, I probably feel a bit annoyed or frustrated or concerned because I I have made time for this uh, conversation and I'm really wanting um, connection with you or I'm really wanting uh, respect. I see it as respect when people show up on time or I value punctuality yes. or, or yeah. you know, could be that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are certain needs that clearly yes, are not being met when, when I'm not showing up. So 100%, yes. yes. Yeah. But then could it also be Vivek that in some other scenario, the context is the same. We were supposed to meet up for a meeting or to record the mm -hmm. podcast. You don't show yeah. up at six, but I'm relieved that you yeah. didn't show up at six, that yes. you showed up at 6.30. Yes. Why could that have been the case? You, you didn't show up on time in both instances. So why might I feel differently in this scenario? Because uh, maybe maybe it was, uh, maybe maybe you, there was some reason maybe uh, you might need that extra 30 minutes. And I just texted you uh, and that met your need. Yes, absolutely. I was probably running a little bit, a little late, or maybe there was no electricity. So I was waiting for the, the line to get restored. And they said it would take 20 minutes. 
And then because it was very important for me to be professional about it, I was reluctant to message you and say, I might be late. Because the last time you were late, I made a big deal out of it. So I'm a bit embarrassed, right? I didn't want to message you. But when you messaged first, I'm like, wow, I'm so relieved. Yes. So you know, it's so if if you just go by this instance, this this idea that it's not the other person's actions. Of course, other people's actions impact us. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that other person or people are not responsible for their actions. But I'm saying that the way we ultimately interpret other people's actions comes down to whether we have these sort of giraffe ears or jackal ears. Yes. So when you say I'm going to be a bit late, um, can I sense the needs that are driving you to be late? And once I understand this next time, can I account for that in a way where both of our needs can be met? Or do I maybe hear criticism or criticize back? That's, that's the difference. So that's the uh, needs aspect. So this is a very deep concept that are, and I, I, when I go around uh, taking sessions, I ask people, how often do you see people taking responsibility for their needs? And Mm -hmm. often people say, I don't, because uh, we have this tendency to, uh, you know, uh, maybe have sort of entitlement that people should contribute to my yeah. needs. People exist yeah. to serve my needs, but that's not really the case. People are all trying to meet their own needs. And it's for you, and that's what the giraffe understands well, is for you to create conditions where people actually want to contribute to your needs. Because I think we love to contribute. As human beings, we love to contribute to other people. But when we don't give them choice or when we come from a demand energy, we make people reluctant to commun- to contribute to our needs. And the final one, the final piece is uh, framing a clear request. I like to mm-hmm. call it an action request. Is when you understand your needs, then what is a specific action that would help? Right. So, so if if I see coming a date or somebody showing up late to a meeting as a sign of disrespect, uh, I might communicate to you. Vivek can say, Vivek, I understand this time that you were late, but from next time, uh, would you be willing to uh, maybe message me? at least 15 minutes prior, if something's going on for you, because I really yeah. value the time we are spending together. And I would much rather yeah. use the time that I spend waiting for you on something else. Right now, here's the thing. When I say this to you, I, I framed a clear request, right? I've said, uh, please notify me if you're about to be late at least 15 minutes prior. Yes. Now, if you, if you have a jackal ear on, you'll probably hear that it's criticism. You're not hearing a yes. request. You're hearing that as a demand or you're hearing that, oh, this person is criticizing me again. So yeah. this is where... Just because I'm working on these sort of skills does not necessarily mean that somebody else also has worked on these skills. And often a question that I get in my sessions is, okay, I've started to work on my uh, on feeding my gir- giraffe, but what if mm. the other person is constantly feeding their jackal? What do I do then? But yes. the beauty about this is even if you hear criticism, I can again take my power back and say, oh, Vivek, I actually meant to communicate it this way because this relationship really matters to me. I'm wondering if there's something you didn't like about what I said. So I can, again, take that power back and then re-engage in that conversation, right? So in a way, even if the other person has not learned these skills, um, I myself can actually show up better in that conversation because I think it just takes one person initially to steer the conversation towards a more uh, productive uh, line of thought uh, when having a difficult conversation. So there you have it. That's the OFNR. It's making a clear observation. Um, um, Second is. labeling your feelings, um, and then connecting with your needs. And then finally is making a clear request. So that's the OFNR. And OFNR, we use, we can use this in three directions. One, I can use this for self-reflection or self-awareness. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I can, or maybe at the end of the podcast, I can just take a step back and I say, how did it go for me? So what were some observations? Uh, How Mm -hmm. did I feel? What were my needs? And is there a request? And sometimes a request could be to myself. Or sometimes there is 
Yeah, yeah. So, Saga, what you're what you're explaining with this framework? So, this requires a lot of empathy, right? This requires a lot of empathy for uh, understanding your own needs, connecting yes. with your needs, and then also understanding uh, what others might be needing or feeling, uh, and then also creating uh, an environment, inviting them um, to connect with you, right? Or and making requests is also making a connection. So. Yes. How how does one do that effectively? Um, yeah, I guess as a starting point would be to uh, develop a robust vocabulary of your own feelings and needs. Um, I do these sessions with participants, and I remember uh, last week uh, in one of the sessions I took in Kathmandu, um, I was asking participants to list uh, their needs without first having introduced the idea of needs. And yeah. on average, people were just writing four needs. Wow. I was appalled by that because it, yeah. that just really shows a lack of self-awareness. It just, and, and, and the idea for me is if I am not able to recognize needs in myself, how am I going to recognize needs in others? Yeah. So I jokingly see this. I say, if I only know anger, I'll only think everyone else is angry when they're not smiling. Yes. Not, a lack of smile does not necessarily indicate anger. It could be something else. Yes. So yes. the more vocabulary I built in myself, the more I'm able to hold that space for others. And then that's where I think self-awareness is so important in this journey. Just being able to empathize with yourself first, I think it's very important because then you see parts of yourself in others as well. And so you have that sort of a shared humanity as you yes. see, it, right? Absolutely. So what we can do is maybe we can do a quick exercise where uh, maybe I'd like you to um, just, if you're comfortable, think about um, one recent experience uh, from this week or past week. It could be either a positive or a negative experience. I actually did this with uh, the Agile Coach cohort yesterday. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, folks will love it. So what we'll do is I'll, I'll just ask you to, you don't have to think about OFNR or emotional intelligence or whatever else. Just, just speak in a very natural way that maybe most people would speak. So you could either share uh, some positive or negative experience. And, and let me just try to see if I can connect with your experience. Let me just see if I can really listen to you. Um, and then understand what's going on for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have one in mind. Let me think, think of it. Yeah, I, I just have one thing. So this uh, this is a situation that, that I'm ha having with my uh, personal trainer at the gym. Um, he, he has canceled uh, on two of the the personal training uh, sessions with me. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is the observation. So I've just gotten text uh, either a few hours before or a day before. Yeah. Um, just the session being canceled. Yeah. So that, that is the situation at hand. Right. So now if I just, just pick up on that, right. If I'm listening with Jackal ears, Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that I just say, oh, Vivek, wow, that reminds me of a time when that happened to me as well. And you won't believe yeah. what happened. I'm so annoyed and frustrated. You know, I have it much yeah. worse. And, and you should yeah. do this and this and that, this. And then yeah. if you just look at that pattern of conversation, we're no longer sure who's listening to whom. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yes. It's just me, everything about me. And yes. not for once did I check in with you to see if um, there's something you're needing from this conversation. Yeah. So, but when I hear you say that, when, when I hear you frame it that way, where uh, a couple of sessions have been canceled um, with the giraffe ears on, I, I realized that firstly, I recognize that I have a longing to connect with you. 
I think it yeah. first has to be driven by my needs. I yeah. really want to connect with you. Or maybe if I'm not that in that space, I recognize that this is not something I can do in this moment. So I might say, Vivek, uh, it seems to me that you're really wanting to share something that happened yeah. to you recently, but yeah. I'm not really sure if I can really listen to you with full attention. And it matters to me that I listen to you with full attention if I'm here and not just pretend to listen. So maybe can yeah. we talk about this sometime around uh, five o'clock tomorrow? So that's an action request I'm making. Yes. Right? Um, mm-hmm. but, but just coming back. So what, what I might ask next is, oh, so Vivek, so it seems to me that um, this is something that's important for you. Um, do you want to share more about this? Um, but when it was canceled, uh, how did it feel for you? Or what yeah. was going on? You're wanting to share. Uh, when I first was, check in, ask you if you yes. want to share. But you yes. You want to share, so I would really want to hear it. So go on. Yeah, yes, I, I want to share. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, when, when it, it was canceled once, um, it, was, it was totally okay. Maybe something came up. But the second time, I, uh, I kind of um, got a little bit frustrated. Mm-hmm. And um, I initially made made up the story. Oh, like you know, I, I don't know if the trainer believes in me. Like I, I've actually got a goal of achieving something. Uh, uh-huh. I was already doubting myself on if I can right. do this. But right. uh, now the trainer who uh, is supposed to help me, uh, you know, he's canceling on me. Mm. I, I'm I'm thinking okay, maybe something is really up uh, the, because of which he's not showing but i've got some some doubts like yeah. I, I actually need some clarity i have need some clarity uh, i am yeah. a little bit uh, frustrated um yeah. so yeah those those are two things mm-hmm. um so so i i said i sense that for you it's more about you blaming yourself rather than blaming the other person for canceling that <laughs> maybe, you know uh, that sort of uh maybe I'm not good enough. And that's why they're canceling on, on me. Or is it also, it's like a pendulum that the blame also shifts towards the other end. Yeah. The, the blame shifts, the blame shifts. Like it's, Oh, he doesn't think like I, I, I am important enough client like that. That came, has come to mind. Yes. Right. Right. So, so underneath clarity, I also, I'm guessing that it's also important yes. for you. Uh, to be seen as somebody who really values this and is wanting to put their time, energy, and effort into mm-hmm. attaining certain goals. And yes. and you recognize that this is not something you can do on your own and mm-hmm. that you're, you're in uh, need of that support. And then yes. you see this the person who can support you, right? So yes. immediately I'm sensing it's not just clarity that you're needing. It's also yes. to be seen uh, for who you are and who you want to be uh, yes. and then that support. Yeah, right. that's support from the trainer who who is actually in the place to like help me get there. Yeah. So you think you can do on your own, right? So again, yes. When I'm just having that empathic presence with you, and if I'm listening with that giraffe ears, even if you literally did not say support and to be seen for who I am and who I want to be, I'm already sensing that. But, yeah. but notice how I'm not saying, "Oh, you have these needs." I'm just asking you. Maybe it's important for you that these things are there, right? And then you are verifying. You're saying, "Yes, exactly." Mm-hmm. And I think that, what, yeah. that is what good listeners do. Good listeners are great editors. Think of a great book. When mm-hmm. it comes to you on your hand, you see it very polished with all the designs and stuff, but the mm-hmm. editor has done a great job in trying to cut out the superfluous and making mm-hmm. it the book that it is. But that, that transcript you never see because that's yes. the backing, right? So that's what I yes. think great listeners do. So yeah. uh, Vivek, uh, before we go into an action request, I just want to ask mm-hmm. you, is there something else going on for you apart from whatever we've listed so far? 
something else. Um, yeah, in a related topic, I've you know I've set this goal um, just to be in the gym and you know communicated this goal even to my close friends and family, and uh, yeah, even I am doubting like if I can actually achieve if that's viable in the time frame that I had communicated. So mm. I'm feeling um, I'm feeling a little bit hopeless. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's not so much just your personal goal now that you've also communicated this. You want, you wanted to have that social yeah. accountability yes. and it also feels a bit embarrassing when people ask mm. you how it's going for you, because you yeah. don't want to be in a position where you're saying that the trainer is canceled on you. I think that's, that's something else that's also there in the picture. Yes. Right. Yeah. right. So so I guess that's the first step is just to find that sort of self-awareness, right? And, mm. and and just being there with that person and helping them figure things out. And I think this, we can relate with a great coaches and leaders and managers as well. When you sit for a one-on-one, uh, it's so easy for the manager's advice monster to come out and say, you do da 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 And the time's yeah. already over. And, 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 the sub- yeah. and the subordinate is like, well, that's fine. But actually my problem is this, but now the yeah. time's over and then the yeah. problem's not at all. Yes. So just like sensing that. So, uh, so Vivek, I'm just wanting to ask you, I mean, a, a few of these things that we've identified, uh, what, what are some maybe action requests that you could do uh, that could actually uh, maybe help you meet your needs better? Uh, I know for one, with the trainer, the cooperation is very important. So is that a way for you to get some sort of clarity from this person as to why they're canceling and how them canceling is impacting in ways that you've just shared with me? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, so definitely, I, I mean, I can definitely have a conversation just outside of the next training session with, with this trainer about, you know, the needs that I'm not, that are not being met and yeah. the over, not just about feeling canceled, you know, my overall goals and, and where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, so I would yeah. like to share yeah. that, uh, with right. him. Yeah. 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 And just a quick tip for those listening. A lot of times we have people have this inhibition that this sort of conversation style might sound like I'm therapizing someone and that they might not take it well. And I think it's a very legitimate concern behind that, that statement. I hear a concern because people really want this to work, but then they're yeah. worried that others might not take it well. Right. So yeah. a few tips would be when Vivek goes and talks to this person, he doesn't have to use words like feelings and needs. He can yeah. just say, you know, you know, coach, um, the last two times uh, we've not had our regular uh, session. So that's the observation you're making and you're not saying yes. the word observation. You yeah. might say, I've been, thinking, I've been thinking, very natural language, right? I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about how I've uh, really communicated about this to my family and friends. And this is something that I really aspire to do this year. And I'm just mm-hmm. wondering uh, when, when we have like stop gaps like these, that I might not be able to perform to the ability that I would like to perform. And I'm just mm-hmm. wondering are there certain things that you would like me to understand about this scenario? Because I, I would really like uh, to know if, if, you know, there's a better way to make ensure that this continues in, in the way that uh, we've actually set out to do. So you've not used the word needs and feelings and anything as such, but you're just still using OFNR in the back of your mind, right? You're just saying observation, feelings, needs, and requests are four very pr- uh, crucial pieces of information. And you're just trying yeah. to make that conversation. But notice how, the way you are approaching the coach is also coming from a place of curiosity. You're saying, I really want to understand what this action means for you. 
Because of course, their action uh, meant a negative impact on you. There's no doubt about that. But what, yeah. and I think that is the heart of empathy is to really try to understand what someone's actions mean for them rather than what the impact of their actions is on you. Yes. I think it's a big difference, right? Yes, so what yes. is what is the intention behind someone's actions? So where are they coming from? Trying to understand that versus saying, oh, you, you, when you did X, that's how I suffered, right? So again, having that space, I think that's very important in that. And also if you have a frank conversation, and that's where I think self-awareness helps so much is if you actually have this very frank conversation with your coach, and then perhaps you get to an understanding that they probably made a commitment to you that they're no longer able to fulfill. It helps for you to know that because once you know that, you now can look for other options to better meet your needs. And when you do yes. that, you also help this other person because now they'll no longer feel obligated to be in touch with you because yes. they can't pray for it, right? So you're actually helping yourself yeah. by being clear about your own needs. And how yeah. often do we do that? How often are we relieved when somebody says no, because now we can finally move on and actually yes. move on to some other things or some other ways of getting the same needs met. So again, yeah. it comes yeah. back to giving people choice and not coming from a demand energy. But again, for yeah. this, you need to create that safety because a lot of times people want to say no to you, but they are fearful of saying no because they're worried about the repercussions of how you'll react when they say no. But yeah. I think it's to your advantage that you create safety because you want people to be saying yes when they mean it. Like think about teams where uh, they've said yes to a project, but their heart is not in it. And therefore yes. you're, you're too agonizing, right? You would rather do it on your own than have people creating that sort of bottleneck. So I think it comes back to that again. So that's how I would say. Yeah. No, that, that was beautiful. And, and I want to kind of share a little bit of meta feedback and acknowledgement. So in that scenario, uh, in alignment with what we've been talking about, what you did is uh, you were, you kind of got to the observation, like the observation being the trainer not showing up in time. And yeah. uh, even though if I was vague around like identifying my needs, you as a, uh, a friend, just kind of talking through it, you helped me uh, understand my needs, uh, understand yes. some of the feelings, right? Deep, those those right. deeper needs, which is, um, you know, I, I was not even thinking about this whole yes. commitment and this um, publicly yes. sharing about my goals yes. and yes. Uh, yes. how that impacts my social image. Right. right. So right. Right. Uh, without colluding or adding too much, you kind of helped me connect right. to that. And that was very real for me. Right. And just want to add a word here is so this is what we call an empathic guess. Mm. So what we're saying is I'm trying to connect with you and mm. I'm saying, is this what's going on for you? And I'm giving you that space to say, no, that's not quite it. I say, all right, fine. So even if my guessing is incorrect, I'm still coming from a place of, I really want to listen to you. And I'm just giving you some sort of anchors to work with, right? Yes, but, 100%. But, but interestingly for us in this moment, it, it helped that you could connect. And I guess it was easier. And now why did I choose those particular needs? It's because I recognize that in myself. So it comes mm -hmm. from my increased self-awareness that I was able to show up with you in that space. Now, yeah. when I bring this up, and if you say, oh, Sarah, stop therapizing me. I don't need yes. this right now. Let's say you say that. Yeah. Now, with a, with a jackal ears, I say, oh, wow, this person. So impossible. I mean, I'm just trying to help. Yeah. Or I might <laughs> say, wow, I'm like a bad friend. So if I yeah. have it turned over. But yeah. what, I, what I sense is, oh, wow, uh, this person right now maybe is needing some space or yes, is yeah. needing to arrive at their own answers. And perhaps... Yeah. They've had a recent experience where somebody was trying to advise them into something and tell them that they were the problem. And then this person is sensing that I'm attacking them, right? So I have that sort of recognition. And so I, 
I, I, I, I readjust. I probably say, oh, it, uh, did you, maybe you didn't like what I, or maybe what I was saying was coming across as advice, but that was not really my intention. Yeah. Uh, if you still want to yeah. talk about it, we can do this, but maybe if, you, if this is not the right time to talk about this, we can skip this as well. So I give you that choice again. So again, empathic. So an empathic guessing is not to be confused with an assumption. As assumption is all binding. It says, uh, you know, I know what's yeah. going on. This yeah. is what it is. End of story. Empathic yeah. guesses. I wonder if this is what's going on. What do you think? So, yes, yes. No, no, I, th- I think that's, that's great. And then thanks for, thanks for articulating that because whenever you are showing up in this way and where you're being curious and making empathic guess, like, yeah, somebody might very well say, oh, like, I, I don't want to be coached or I'm not, you know, done. So just having that awareness and having the, yeah, the yeah. giraffe air and not taking that um, negatively and <laughs> yeah. yes. And, and then you are yeah. really not building any connection. Right. Um, so no, that's great. And then also lastly, you, you helped me connect and help me understand, uh, how to make a clear request yes. and also help me understand that the, 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 there are different, the needs that I have, there are, yep. there can be different strategies. So let's say this yeah. trainer is not available. There are other trainers. There's other ways of meeting that need. Yes. So now I'm at choice. So yes. absolutely. Uh, Very well articulated. Um, yes. And just a quick word on this. You, just yesterday. So as I was saying earlier, uh, I was, I'm working with one of your cohorts. And then one of the participants said, sorry, this is very powerful because I just realized that we we're doing the OFNR yesterday. And then, right. and then uh, this person said, I realized that I, I think I'm expressing my needs, but I never make a clear request. Mm. And then I fume at the other person not doing as I would like. Yeah. Right. So uh, if you're not clear and so, and, and the way we connect the OFNR is when you make a clear request, you give the other person an opportunity to say either yes or no. And when they say yes, they know exactly what they're saying yes to. And yeah. if they say no, then you realize, wow, this person is not rejecting me. It's just that a strategy that I've offered does not meet some of their needs. Yes. And so again, you don't want someone to be saying yes reluctantly because you're going to pay for it later on. That's what Marshall yes. always said. So what you want to do is you want to understand the meaning behind the no. You might say, okay, if this person is saying no to this, I wonder if they might say yes to something else. So you go yes. back in the process and you find some other strategies. But yeah. I think one of the mistakes we make is we are so quick to jump into strategies without first identifying the needs that that are at play. Because if yes. you remember the conversation we had earlier, yeah. if I just heard that first need of yours, I might have quickly gone into problem solving mode, but I said, Vivek, is there more to it? And then yeah. as we explored, there's also the sense of social image, identity, and play yeah. and all of that, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's also very useful. And, and when you make a clear request, um, and the other person says yes, then it's like transforming a vague expectation yes. into a specific request and moving mm-hmm. into a clear agreement. So I think that's the process for me is vague expectations, clear, to coming to a clear request, coming to a clear mm-hmm. agreement. And when you make mm-hmm. a clear agreement, then it's easier to observe next time whether that agreement was honored or not. Because if the yeah. coach says, uh, you know, Vivek, I was kind of reluctant to tell you this and I was kind of worried but we meet on Wednesdays and that's not really a good time for me because I'm handling two other clients. And I was kind of hoping you would understand that, but I'm so glad you brought this up. Can we do it on a Friday, right? Yeah. And then you yeah. might say, uh, but Friday doesn't work for me because I have the Agile Coach session. So you might say, mm-hmm. let's do it on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And this person yeah. says, all right, fine. So you've shifted to a different strategy. You're still trying to meet the same need. Mm. The next time this person again doesn't show up on Thursday, now you can hold them accountable and say, well, I, we'd agreed on a Thursday at five o'clock, but then you didn't yes. show up either what's going on. And so it's easier to hold yourself and others accountable. So the OFNR is more like a 
uh, they actually use this in the NVC logo. They actually use an infinity sign and there's observation feelings in his request, observation and it's connect. So it goes on a loop. It never ends. It's just OFNR, OFNR altogether. Yeah. So Sagar, let's talk about, uh, let's talk uh, about making a request, make, making a uh, request of what we want and not about what we don't want. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the times, you know, when it comes, when we are in a moment like this, in, in some sort of a conflict, internal conflict, internal yeah. judgment, judgment for the this trainer, right? Yeah. Uh, we also, uh, sometimes we naturally tell them what not to do. Yes, uh, yes. So yeah. talk to us about like how to get out of that trap because for me naturally I just I just grew up just saying like what I don't want and yeah, 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 it's so hard for me to get to directly yeah. do what I want so um, right 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 yeah yeah hmm. I think that's a great point you make is uh, because we've been conditioned in a very jackal minded culture it's it's easier for us to say what's wrong with others than what we need and it's yeah. even if we understand what we need it's hard it's easier for us to say what we would not like rather than what we would in fact like so rule yeah. in NDC or the compassionate communication framework is to make sure that a request is positive concrete and actionable so request should not sound like i want you to be more clear with me now what does that mean or i yeah. I, I don't want you to be dishonest with me a specific ask would be, I want you to tell me one thing you did not like about the last meeting. It's a very specific ask. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. there's this, uh, this is an example I use in the session. They say, uh, one time a supervisor said to uh, the subordinate, I want you to be more confident in front of the client. Yeah. What was actually meant was, I want you to be able to share your challenges with the client. What was heard mm-hmm. was, I want you to hide uh, your challenge is the client because that what that is what being confident entails. Yeah. So that's a very poor example of a request, right? <laughs> you know, and, and the subordinate does the exact opposite, and then the and then the supervisor is like, "This person never listens to me," and that's self deception because you never were clear about your request in the first place, right? Yes. 100%. So, so again, what do you want? What 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 helps? So earlier, you know, I remember when we were uh, about to record this uh, uh, episode would agree to meet at 5.45 a.m. Nepali time. And, and, and so if we look at the sequence of actions, I messaged you first, even though it was on our calendar too, because for me, that sort of assurance is very important because uh, there, you know, I recognize that there might be delays, there might be certain other things that go on because we're both doing this from our homes. Uh, and, and that's just life, things happen, right? So me messaging you is an expression of a need for assurance and clarity. Yes. You messaged back saying, Sagar, I would love to have started at 5.45, but I just had dinner. And I, I remember using the word space. You said, I'm, 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 you used the word need. You said, I'm needing yeah. a bit of rest. Can we start 15 minutes later? That's yeah. a very specific request. That's a great example of a request, in fact. Yeah. You've communicated to me why there's a delay, why that delay would help. And if I think about it, it helps for me to say yes to that because if I force you to come in when you don't feel ready, then ultimately the outcome is going to be affected. And I, you and I both want a good outcome out of this podcast, right? 100%. So you taking that space is also going to contribute to my need for efficiency and effectiveness in the sessions. However, if the 15 minute delay affects certain schedule of mine, it's for me to again, communicate back. You saying, okay, so then that means we plan for an hour. So can we do then 45 minutes? Because I cannot overextend the next 15 minutes. That's again, a very specific request. So these yes. are examples yes. of requests. But you, no, so if you go backwards, so, so a helpful way to look at this is just go backwards. 
You can only make a specific request if you know what your needs are. And you can only make a request that is likely to be said yes to if you understand what the other person's needs are. Yes. You can only understand your own and the other person's needs if you acknowledge that there are certain feelings showing up. And those feelings are indicator of larger needs. Yeah. And you can only sense feelings if you can attribute those to certain observations in the context. So yesterday in the same cohort, one participant said, observation is a really powerful framework, uh, a concept, because I have this tendency to generalize things. So we usually give feedback to people on their personality. We say, you're not confident, or you should be more assertive, or, or you're too rude. But if you help the other person see, in the last meeting, when I was presenting, before I had finished, because I had said I'd take questions at the end, you started asking questions. Yeah. That's an observation. And you say, yes. I would really like, uh, you know, uh, respect uh, and, and some sort of uh, appreciation and um, some sort of a space for me to complete what I'm doing. But I also recognize that you have a need to give your inputs and contribute. I, and I acknowledge that because I also require feedback. I, it helps me when I take feedback, but I'm much more likely to receive feedback if I take it at the end of the presentation when I have finished my slides. Yeah. Is that something we can do in the next meeting? Again, yeah. clear request. Clear so request, this yeah. is an example of OFNR in practice. Perfect. So I got four. Uh, so we talked about making clear requests. So now let's, let's talk about... Um, I said the listeners, they're trying making clear requests, communicating their needs, right? Yeah. How how should be how they how should they how should we use the NVC framework and the mindset uh, when the other person is not ready to um, take that request? Like, what are some other ways of uh, coming about when, when that request or strategy the other person declines? Right. So the way I see it also defined in the NBC framework is there are basically three ways of relating with others, right? Um, mm-hmm. One is you submit to the other person's needs. Yeah. So you, you'll feel very frantic about pleasing the other person because your well-being depends on the other person's mood. Um, yeah. You do everything in your power to appease the other person because you believe that them having their needs met is going to solve everything for you. Uh, over time, you'll realize that this is a horrible strategy uh, to honor your own needs. And then this festers a lot of resentment. So people graduate to that domination stage where you think, I'm done trying to listen to Vivek. I'm done listening. I'm done doing things for Vivek. I'm just going to think about myself. Now, yeah. an upside of this sort of a thinking is at least now you're communicating your needs. You're taking responsibility for your needs saying, yeah. well, I've realized that if I don't take responsibility for my needs or if I don't try to meet my needs, it's never going to be met because everyone's just thinking for themselves, right? But the downside of this is now you try to dominate the other person. You try to coerce them uh, into yeah. meeting your needs. And this yeah. also in the long term does not help. So a better yes. approach is integration where you believe that both of your needs matter. Um, but yes, for this, you need cooperation from the other party. And this is where I think the idea of listening and psychological safety is paramount. Because mm-hmm. I think we need empathy to give empathy. So a helpful mantra to remember is connection before correction. So the habitual tendency is to correct, is to say, your way is wrong, my way is right, let me show you, and please be grateful because I'm taking time out to show you what the right way is, right? That's usually, we might not say it out loud, but our behaviors actually show that. That feels very threatening to the other person. So again, I think that gives them uh, more reasons to continue doing what they're doing. I think it's very helpful to maybe do some bit of silent empathy and say, what might the world have to look like for this person 
to do as they are doing because this idea yeah. is that every action is an attempt to meet certain needs of yeah. course probably is a horrible strategy but it's helping them in some ways so if you can first and also this idea that no one really changes unless they feel heard and understood first so yes. if you can really try to understand why they do as they do what's going on for them and then maybe build that trust enough to then show them that there may be other ways to meet the same need then you can work towards that right but having said this i think this is where the concept of boundaries also comes in is to what extent do you go yes and so this there's this framework it's a very helpful framework very simple called the cpr framework by crucial learning so you know the cpr that they do on people to revive them to start uh, get their heart rate up again again. yeah right Yeah. yeah breathing again so uh cpr stands for just try to understand what the problem is, right? So in the earlier, again, let's go back to the same example. Vivek not showing up on time as promised, that's a content problem. So that what that means is there's an issue that has come up. So that's the immediate problem. A lot of times what happens is we let it slide. We let it go because we are fearful of hurting the other person's feelings. And we don't say, we don't give feedback. We don't say uh, how it affected us, right? Now, what might happen is because Vivek didn't get that feedback, because of BBX, certain ways of operating, next time he does the same thing again. So it's yes. no longer a content problem. It's now become a pattern problem. So the yes. C has shifted to a P. It's a pattern yes. problem. Now, yes. the problem is not that Vivek uh, didn't show up on time. It's that Vivek hasn't shown up on time for the third consecutive time. Yes. So if you refer to your example with your coach again, maybe yes. the fact that it's starting to become a pattern is the problem rather than them not showing up on time once. Right now, if the pattern is not changing and if you don't give feedback and if the other person does not change, it quickly becomes a relationship problem. Now Mm. that's shifted to an R. C turn content to a pattern problem to a relationship problem. A relationship problem is where the other person's patterns of behavior make it very difficult for you to trust and respect them. Mm. Now, where you might also be contributing to the problem is immediately when you had a content issue, you should have brought it up. You should have raised the flag and said, this is what you're doing. This is not helping me in this way. Can you change this? And also can maybe you also want to be open to taking feedback because you don't want to come from a place where I'm perfect. You need to change, do this and we're good. You don't want to come from that place, right? Yeah. So again, is it a content problem? Is it a relationship problem or is it a pattern problem? Or yeah. content problem, pattern problem or relationship problem? And if the relationship problem persists, I think that's when you have to make a call is maybe you want to walk out. Maybe this is not yeah. working for you because sometimes uh, a divorce or quitting a job is a best strategy to better meet your needs. But just be careful, however, that if like when you have the slightest inconvenience, if you have a pattern of leaving or threatening to walk out, you might have 10 field relationships and 10 field jobs or entrepreneurial ventures before you realize that behind all those failures, the common denominator was you. I'm not saying you're the thing. I'm just saying there's something you bring to the table that does not really help. And that's where (laughs) self-reflection is very important. Yeah, no, beautifully covered. Um, So how do we tie this up uh, with with all the things that that we talked about? So for somebody who is a facilitator or a team lead, um, when they're working with the with the team, how they how can they use the things that we talked about, NVC framework, emotional intelligence, self-awareness to become a um, better, um, to create more safety, psychological safety yeah. in, the, in the teams? Um, I think a few actionable uh, points that they can take back into this conversation would be 
um, just notice these three habits in themselves, the jackal habits, uh, making assumptions, um, taking things personally, and not communicating what's important. Um, that's one, to work on themselves. Also to see that, oh, these are this is the basic human predicament. This is something we do. So how do I maybe bring these sort of three elements into my team conversations and see, uh, give examples of how this is uh, gets in the way of teamwork and um, getting people to be open about their needs. That's something that's very helpful. I think mm-hmm. they can use the OFNR, uh, observations, feelings, needs, request framework, firstly, to connect with themselves. Um, yeah. So you could you could uh, tie this with the Rose Thorn Bud tool. So what's something pleasant that happened today? So that's the Rose. Do an OFNR mm-hmm. on the Rose. What's something mm-hmm. unpleasant that happened today? Do the OFNR on the Thorn. And, mm-hmm. and Bud, what is something I look forward to that I hope will turn into a Rose tomorrow? So do an OFNR on the Bud. So Rose mm-hmm. Thorn Bud uh, powered by OFNR, that's something you can do. Because mm-hmm. you know, when we learn these skills, I think, natural tendency is to be very excited and want to share that with others. Nothing wrong with that. I think it comes from a deep need to contribute and to impact people in positive ways. But I think yeah. if you model it yourself, then people are more likely to believe you. That's how credibility is built. It's not yeah. something you come and preach. It's something you do because that's just who you are. So I think that's another yeah. thing that uh, you could do. Um, so I think these are a few and maybe another is uh, join Vivek and Sagar for these sessions <laughs> Yes, yes. We have a very extensive uh, four weeks now, but we're thinking about, yeah, six to eight weeks uh, deep dive workshop on really. uh, Because I I see this because um, in the sessions, I think there's so much more you'll learn from other participants because we do a lot of breakout rooms. We do a lot of uh, discussions. We use all these sort of interactive tools and then you learn from each other, right? And then Yesterday, too, I mean, one person was helping the other person frame some requests. And that's what led them to this realization that, oh, wow, I don't really make requests. And then I I become resentful, right? So I think it's so much more to also learn about each other as well. So I think these are some very specific ways you can uh, do that. And I think final point would be maybe it's harder to do the UFNR uh, together immediately. Uh, So maybe you might want to just uh, have a feelings and needs list and then just recognize those needs in yourself. Uh, yeah. first um, so I think that could these could be a few ways to start yeah perfect Sagar this was an amazing conversation thank you so much I had so many ahas and insights and I hope uh, the listeners will have the same too so thank you again for this podcast conversation um, and with that any any last thing that you want to share yeah I guess I'm, I'm just going to do a quick reflection with the giraffe mindset so uh, yes. the way I would do it is um, Vivek, uh, uh, this is the second podcast we are doing together. Uh, the first one I really enjoyed and you told me you'd enjoyed it. Too. Uh, but today to be able to go deeper into this NBC or compassionate communication framework, which, uh, has immensely shaped the way I think, uh, the way I operate and to see a lot of uh, drama, interpersonal drama being reduced in my own life. And then coming from this place where um, I really want to share more of this with the world. Uh, today, I had an opportunity to do this with you. Yes. And I, I really appreciate and I'm having feelings of joy and thankfulness and a lot of hope and um, an anticipation of how this is going to land on people who come across this. And also, and I think that sense of uh, assurance that it's out when it's out of there on the internet, anyone can uh, get access to it at any moment of time, right? So I think... Um, and, and it comes from a deep need to connect with you, um, to, uh, to share, um, and to provide something of value that has been so valuable to myself. 
these are the needs that are met. Um, and uh, in that basic sense of uh, being seen and appreciated, I, I felt that, uh, that those needs were met. So I'm really thankful. And uh, my request, uh, and then like, this is where I think this is another tip is sometimes you don't have any requests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think a request to myself is just to say thank you back to you. And, and because this was immensely enjoyable and pleasurable and very meaningful. meets yeah. my need for meaning as well. So that's yes. how a giraffe would, I think, uh, reflect. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Sagar, and, and same, same thing with me. Uh, definitely met, uh, you know, as I had talked to you about, I've been reading the NVC book and uh, my need for really uh, doing like more of an immersion uh, and kind of learning from you. I know you've been facilitating this workshop because of the time schedule. I haven't been able to attend a lot of those. So I wanted to, uh, I had a need to really have a one-on-one conversation and really deep dive uh, into this uh, conversation. So that need has been met. Uh, also uh, feeling very grateful for, for you uh, making space in your calendar, waking up uh, so early. Uh, and then also uh, extra grateful for accommodating for, the last minute, 15 minutes uh, uh, change that I uh, introduced and also taking that very gracefully and uh, under, really understanding. I was a little bit concerned, oh, like how is Sagar is waking up this early and I'm making this 15 minutes. He, he should be the one who should be saying that. So uh, I, I had that a little bit of self thing, but uh, I, I really appreciate you uh, take listening with the giraffe air and uh, meeting my need. And also making uh, making this uh, conversation really uh, insightful and conversational, uh, and bringing all these uh, things that are relevant, uh, it actually met the need for producing meaningful content for the podcast. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So I'm really grateful for uh, this time and this conversation. Likewise, thank you so much. I think this is a great example of integration where both of our needs are met. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, till podcast episode three. We will um, we'll say bye for now. All right. That's a wrap with this episode. Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the live training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.